Fun Ideas Productions presents the Fun Ideas Podcast. Hi, this is Mark Arnold, and welcome to Fun Ideas Podcast number 172. The Fun Ideas Podcast is brought to you in part by Lee's Comics. Friends, have you tried Lee's Comics? Lee's Comics is better than the leading comic book store. Wait a minute. Lee's Comics is the leading comic book store. Based on arbitrary standards set by Lee Hester himself. Lee's Comics was named as one of the 21 best online dealers by popoptique.com. To shop the Lee's Comics eBay store, go to eBay and search for Lee's Comics, Inc. That's L-E-E-S-C-O-M-I-C-S-I-N-C, period. Don't forget the period. Mention the Fun Ideas podcast when you order, and you'll receive a free bonus gift. You remember them from your childhood. Half for the Friendly Ghost, Richie Rich, Hot Stuff, Baby Huey, Sad Sack and Little Audrey. You read them in comic books and saw them on television and in the movies. Now you can read about how they and other Harvey comic characters were created in two great books from Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions. The Best of Harveyville Fun Times and the Harvey Comic Companion. Both are available from Amazon. The Companion is also available from Fair Manor Media. They are available in hardcover, paperback, and ebook version. Order your copies today. Long title, Looking for the Good Times, Examining the Monkey Song One by One, by Michael Aventrella and Mark Arnold. A book that examines each song, gives lots of details about each song, and our own personal opinions. You can find this book on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, and anywhere where good books are being sold. Our webpage is wordpress.monkeys.com, where you can see many of the songs and give your own opinions of them. And we will be discussing this more on Zilch. Christmas, Christmas time is here, and Alvin and the Chipmunks are here again. In 1958, a down on his songwriter with an unlikely name of Ross Bagdasarian plunged the last of his family savings on a multi-seat tape recorded and created The Witch Doctor and Alvin and the Chipmunks. This changed the fortunes for his family, his record label, and animated cartoon studio. Alvin! The story of Ross Bagdasarian Liberty Records, Format Films, and The Alvin Show by Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions is available from Amazon and Fair Manor Media in hardcover, paperback, and ebook versions. Order your copies today. You can now order my latest book, The TTV Scrapbook, from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Bear Manor Media. If you'd like signed copies of this or any of my books, please email me at funideas.mark at gmail.com for further information on how to order directly from me via PayPal. I now have three super articles to write for Back Issue. Super Richie, Super Dagwood, and Super Fan. My Pac-Man book is the next to be coming out, and I'm still working on my Mad and Turtles books. 
Warren Kremer is due out eventually, as is my next Disney book. On today's show, direct from Australia, we have an animation fan who produces his own podcast called Anthony's Animation Talk, where he has the ultimate goal of reviewing all 1,000 of the classic Looney Tunes cartoons. Here he is, Anthony Kotorak. Hi, this is Mark Arnold on the Fun Ideas Podcast, and today I have a special guest to talk with us today about the world of animation. It is Anthony Kotorak. How are you, sir? Well, you got my name right, so I'm feeling uh, really good right now. (laughs) Not a butcher. Coat coat rack. No, 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 it ain't that butchered. (laughs) No, no, no. Um, Well, welcome to the show. Um, So you and I met through Camden Spees, which is how I meet a lot of different people. And it was because we've done a couple of commentaries together on various Looney Tunes. And you're trying to do all thousand Looney Tunes, um, which we'll talk about that in a bit. But before that... um, just tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got interested in the world of animation. Oh, it's a long story. So sit down and we'll <laughs> I'll see if I can get through it. So, you know, look, I've always loved animation, right? So um, when, I, you know, when I was little, I grew up with, uh, you know, Wonderful World of Disney. Yes, we had that in Australia. And uh, we eventually had Cartoon Network in the, I suppose, mid to late 90s. It took us a while to get that sort of stuff. And we actually shared the broadcast from Singapore of all things. You know, so yeah, I was into animation. Then when I went to high school, I still liked animation. I still watched whatever Pixar was bringing out at the time, Toy Story 2. And that just says how old I am, I suppose, being high school in 1999. Uh, but I did move back from animation that just that little bit, you know, because, well, girls, you know, <laughs> it's typical high school stuff, studying and all that. But when I went to university, I studied Bachelor of Arts and I I realized you know, I got buyer's remorse. I don't really like this course, but I'm so close to the end. Might as well finish it. And I discovered uh, Jerry Beck's and Will Will Friedwald's book about the Looney Tunes. And what I, I think you probably have it, right? Yes. Yep, that's the one. <laughs> yep, that's the one. Exactly. It was in the library. And the biggest shock for me, and I actually got to tell this to Jerry, which was um, uh, himself, which was absolutely thrilling, was like they made a thousand of these, you know, give or take. Like, when I was growing up, we would have only certain cartoons uh, at the time. So I would have like, I think I had a six volume set of um, Tom and Jerry. I had one of Bugs Barney, one of Roadrunner and one of uh, Daffy called Daffy with an exclamation mark. I, I had that VHS. So I'd watch that a lot. And Cartoon Network would show a few other ones I didn't see, but then that was it. And I thought maybe there was like maybe a hundred of them, but mm-hmm. it was like a thousand. And then I'm looking through the book and in these review, you know, the, all these reviews, I thought, wow, I got to really look at some of this stuff. And it was around this time that not only did you have Disney coming up with these beautiful two disc special editions of like uh, that Tarzan dinosaur, Snow White, the platinum edition, um, putting aside the transfer, which was horrific, but the treasure trove of extra features was incredible. And of course the Disney treasures had cut were coming out around that time. And I was at the right point where the second wave was coming out. First wave was starting to get scarce, so I picked up all of them. I was just going to do animation, but I thought, you know what, I'll get them all, and I'm glad I did because I love David Crockett. David Crockett was was pretty good. I was actually very surprised. Mm -hmm. And then not long after, yeah, the Looney Tunes Gone Collection came out, and it just blew my mind just how beautiful it looked. Yes, transfers now look even better, but back then on a regular CRT TV, it just looked, it just blew, blew my mind. And all those special features, which... We even put in the Disney treasures to shame in that front. And ever since, yeah, I've been collecting, watching more animation. And with the advent of the internet, of course, 
watching more and more of it, buying more of it, and uh, streaming now. Now I've got my own media server where I rip everything now and put everything in my own little server. It's it's a nice little obsession I've got. Let me put it that way. <laughs> so you just do a, your just own, a little one. Based on that, you do all, your own podcast, which I've forgive me, I've done it twice, but I forgot the name of it. What's the exact name of? So it's Anthony's Animation Talk. It was uh, supposed to be actually a placeholder name because uh, I couldn't think of anything, <laughs> but it just it just took off. Originally, I was thinking of calling it Antuni, like Anthony Antuni or something. Mm-hmm. But then I realized somebody else had that name and it was actually a real name. So I'm like, oh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Anthony's Animation Talk actually is to the point. That's what it is. And that's mm-hmm. it. So I just stuck Very with cool. it. And why... Looney Tunes is it because of Jerry Beck's book, or is that your first love? Or both? Um, it's it's definitely the book. Um, that was a big part of it because because that, that got me, as I said, back into animation. Um, and I just wanted the challenge of it. See, originally I was doing them as pure audio commentary. So from start to finish, I watched the cartoon, give my observations, and of course historical facts. And for the longest time, it was fine. Water Brothers were seemingly happy with them. They were clearing them on YouTube because I would upload it, they'd block it. I'd get get it reviewed and they would do it. And so it was going fine up until I was finishing, I think, 1946, where their lawyers decided to <laughs> try and shut everything down. And so I said, look, give me a week and we'll I'll, I'll, I'll clean it up. So what you're going to see on there now, the only, the only audio commentaries there are the public domain ones, but I'm reworking those old tracks into reviews now, which is the stuff we're doing. So from 47 onwards... I'm done them as uh, as reviews, and honestly, I think the content is a lot better for it. It allows us to breathe a bit, talk a bit more. Yeah, I have to edit more. Fine, but <laughs> you know, it's still still it's still a lot of fun. But um, going back, seeing some of the old stuff I did as commentaries. First of all, seeing how dry I was when I first started. Hey, I was practicing. You know, I got to start somewhere, right? Um, but. Now I can look at some things with new insights. Um, I, d- I recently redid um, Porky's Hero Agency. I didn't realize that there was one statue in there with a the name. Um, and I thought it was just a uh, funny little joke. But then I looked up even further and then it was actually a name of a 1932 pre-code Western movie. Who knew? So, <laughs> so I'm adding stuff like that. Um, this is the revisiting things. You know, the irony is, yeah, as much as of a pain in the, you know, what uh, water legal were to me, it, it's actually a ble- I call it a blessing in disguise. I can't be bitter about it forever. Just move on and get get just get it done. <laughs> <laughs> now, doing a thousand of them. I mean, you've only called me on to do like some really good ones. We did uh, Robin Robin Hood. Uh, what was it called? Rabbit, Rabbit Hood. Hood. I was yeah. going to say Robin Hood. <laughs> I was trying to think of Robin Hood Daffy, and I go, wait a minute, it's not that one. It's Rabbit Hood. Not yet. It? And then uh, the Three Bears one, which, what was that one was called? That, uh, Bare Feet. Thank you. And uh, then we did the Little Red Riding Hood one, which, you see, I'm terrible at titles. You know, it's like, <laughs> I've watched these uh, cartoons endlessly, and I may know, know, like, three of the actual titles. You know? Oh, no, no, I, I, anyway, I totally get it. It's, it's my, one of those things. <laughs> my question is, not the titles, but are, have you gone through all the Boscos and the Buddies and everything? Or are you starting with, I did. Like, I haven't got a hat? Okay. No, no. I know I did him. And so here's my theory. And, you know, you call me crazy, but here's my theory. I, f- I figured no one was going to watch Bosco Buddies reviews up until I would do, a, you know, start doing the Tex Avery stuff. And as predicted, my channel did take off after I started doing those. But I figured, you know what? I'm going to practice on these shorts that no one will even care about or know about. 
and then I can work on doing it like a hundred. I did like a hundred of them before because I haven't got a hat is pretty much the hundredth, right? So right. Um, it allowed me to practice. Um, and it, of course, it's windblown hair, by the way, that one you were thinking of before that you could yeah. remember the title of windblown hair. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, all of them, even the notoriously offensive um, going to heaven on a mule. That's uh, <laughs> all, all of them. Um, good, bad, and in the case of that one, really ugly. So um, I figure you got it, it's the whole it's the whole history, warts and all. Mm-hmm. Just uh, you know, get get them all done. It's a challenge. Yeah. Now, how did you get your copies? I'll tell you how I got all mine, but then I want to know your story. <laughs> oh, the it's it's a mixture of everything. See, the cool thing was, and this is why I'm loving doing this channel. Uh, when I started, I. Well, I had to unfortunately torrent a lot of them, which is you know na- yeah. naughty me, right? That's the only way I could do could do it because some of them were just so obscure, and no one else. I didn't know anyone either. I didn't actually have any friends to um, discuss animation with. You know, we have other interests, me and my close friends, but not animation. So as I started doing the channel, and people started noticing me. They started reaching out to me, saying, "Hey, I've actually got a better print of this. I've got a better print of that." And uh, my good friend, um, whom I spoke today, is from the Netherlands. Uh, Fox in the fix. Hi, Fox. Um, he <laughs> is a he's been a huge help in getting a lot of this uh, stuff together uh, for me. Um, so uh, some of, some places I can't really say where I get them from because if I say it, then normal right. stuff will get released and so on. But the bottom line is that people have reached out to me and they, because they want to see my videos do well and they want me to have the best stuff available. And um, yeah, if that's where I pretty much get it from, from okay. the help of the community. Yeah. I'm just curious. I mean, I will tell you of my course. story now. I mean, my story is, uh, you know, as a kid, even uh, I wanted to see all of them. And when I, it wasn't this Jerry Beck book, uh, the Looney Tunes one that I held up, which I'll hold up again. <laughs> Looney Tunes and Mary Penalties. If you don't have this book and you're an animation fan, get this book. Yeah, and, uh, 100%. It's the other one that he did, which I didn't bring up here, is Of Mice and Magic. That was the one that first listed, like, virtually everything that was released theatrically in the United States from 19, like, whatever, 30 to 1970, roughly. I'm, you know, approximate. Yeah. yeah, and I go, First of all, wow, I didn't know every studio made their own cartoons. Second of all, wow, I didn't know there's so many. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then over time, you know, I, and I and I just thought because of the nature of television back in the 80s, you know, I'm never going to see all these. And but and also there were ones I had seen that I couldn't see anymore. And I was like, where am I going to get all these? And then finally, of course, you know, tape collections and DVD collections. When those golden collections came out, by that point, I was a good friend of Jerry. And I kept saying, are you going to put them all out? And he goes, we're going to try, you know. But <laughs> I knew by the time it got to volume five and six, it was pretty much that's it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, Ugh. so they got about, what, like 350 of the thousand out, something like that, you know. Yeah. And it's like, um, well, I, I don't need them in pristine condition i just want something yeah and i'm not getting any younger and i you know went the bootleg route i could have done the torrent route but that wasn't i didn't know about that as much um seven or eight years ago i guess that's when it was um i'm sure it existed but you know and i kind of wanted them on disc and there was this uh company that would uh that offered full series of a lot of stuff that wasn't on DVD and to this day still isn't on DVD. 
And I think that they're probably out of business by now. But so I can't. Oh, my daughter's joining us. It's like, sorry, that it's public holiday today. So they're like, oh, yes, big muscles. Sorry about that. All right, kids. I'm recording now. Okay. Interrupting my podcast. All right. My kids, Lily and Jack, I do apologize for that. But yeah, well, I appreciate you doing it early. I was like saying, I didn't know when you wanted to do it or whatever. I just at the same time when we were doing our audio recordings at other time. But anyway, to finish my story. So I bought like things that still haven't been released to DVD to this day and probably won't anytime soon. Like, yeah, uh, the Fantastic Four series that Hanna Barbera did, because it's tied up with Disney now, and you know who knows. And um, I'd have to think hard about other ones that I bought. I got Rough and Ready, which for some reason isn't out, and uh, different everything. But the the key one that I wanted to get, but it had a price tag of three hundred dollars, was all one thousand Looney Tunes on fifty two DVDs. Now. Um, it gave samples so I could see what the samples looked like, and the quality was generally pretty good. Now, since once I did buy it, I did eventually buy it. It was a big outlay for me to do three hundred dollars all at once, you know. And I don't like doing that, <laughs> but uh, you know, I said I'm making an exception to this. I'm I'm not getting any older. At the time, I'm fifty five now. I was I think I was about fifty when it came out. I said. I'm not waiting until I'm 95 to see all these Looney Tunes. I want to see them now. So Yeah, um, exactly. You know, and I don't care if the quality is subpar. Now, in general, I would say probably 90% of them are of uh, average to superior quality. Average meaning they might have a boomerang logo in the corner or something like that. Uh, very few, maybe less than 50, are really, really downright bad shape where it's like it just looks bad you know and yeah. fortunately, fortunately a lot of those were the early buddies and boscos i don't think there's many of the later ones which i was very relieved because my goal also is i wanted to see every bugs bunny cartoon because i didn't think i'd ever seen all of them and i was right there was a few and they weren't really dirty or you know whatever you know it's like sometimes they pull them for know that's questionable material because it's racist or it's this or it's that no there's just some they just don't show you know yeah. for whatever reason and you know they're not brilliant great cartoons so they don't qualify for a golden collection so they're just kind of like the average cartoon i mean they might show it on cartoon network they might show it on boomerang or something like that but i wasn't wanting to also wanting not wanting to sit there with the VCR, just taping all this stuff, trying to get the one cartoon I'm missing out of the whole series. I was willing to pay money. In fact, even before I bought the bootleg set, I was thinking I would pay about to a thousand dollars for the complete thousand Looney Tunes. And, and this is like, kind of like hint, hint. And I even send emails to Warner archives when they're, you know, putting out a lot of stuff. And like hint, hint, I'll, I'll pay a thousand dollars for this. It's a dollar a cartoon, and yeah. they, you know, I figured if they put it out that way, then the collectors like us could get it, and the people that are offended by such stuff, well, they don't need to know about it, you know. <laughs> exactly, they're, they're not going to pay a thousand dollars just for little cartoons, and yeah. So when I, sure. I got the opportunity to get it for three hundred, I said, hmm, I'm going to do this, and so you know, I sat and watched it. it took a, a while to do it, you know, because you know, I mean, unless you're not paying attention to zip through it. Um, 
probably took me close to a year to actually sit down and watch them all because yep. you can't oversaturate yourself, you know, but I, I liked it. It was chronological. I should have taken notes, though, because one thing I, I noticed um, in watching them chronologically, which was chronological, according to, yes, again, this book, um, yes. <laughs> is you notice, ah, this is the first time that phrase appears. This is the first time they did that joke. Ah, oh, this is the first, you know, not just the first appearance of a character. It's the first of different things. And you kind of see how it evolves and everything. And it, I, and, and none of that is, not all of that is listed in this book. And so I should have done that just for my own sake of mind. And, and also when you watch the Golden Collections, they just put like a collection of bugs or a collection of roadrunners or, you know, they yeah. don't. And there's no historical chronology to it mm. at all. You know. Yeah, exactly, and they 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 only did that because of, as as far as I'm aware, the first golden collection was just you can use whatever uh, recent masters were done, I think for Turner or whatever it was, uh, and it was it was like just get it done right, and then it was only after the success of that they started to rethink which ones to remaster next, and they finally then remastered them HD, which they used downgraded for DVD, but at least it preserved for the future in HD and, and all that. But yeah, the history of the Golden Collection is very fascinating. If you go to the Bugs Bunny video guide, it's crazy. Um, just how much it took to actually get the set out there. You know, they could have had something while Chuck Jones was still alive. Imagine if he did a few commentaries, but that was like a sadly missed opportunity there. But what can you do, you know? Yeah. So, you know, uh, now that I've seen them all, I can see why <coughs> they haven't released all of them, but um, oh yes, but, uh, but the one thing I, I noticed as far as uh, people who are offended by racist images or anything stereotypical images or anything, uh, let's see if you know this. Um, which director had the most of those? The most racist cartoons? Yeah, of the thousand. Uh, I'd say Fritz Freeling would be. Bingo! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't necessarily because he's the director longest. He just happened to do that i don't know i don't i don't want to accuse him of being racist or anything it was just that that there was more material like that in his cartoons and i don't know why just general ignorance. Yeah. yeah i think it was just general ignorance on his part um yeah. i i figured something like going to heaven on a mule which he did direct um i i think for something like that it was just a case of well we make fun of everyone we make fun of uh, you know the jews we make fun of the you know, the, um, the, you know, the Indians, Native Americans, you know, whatever they, you know, and so why can't we make fun, fun of the, uh, the black culture right. here? Like that, that would, that would be his thinking as wrong as it is. Yes. That would have been the thinking. And so I, I don't think any of it was malicious. I think it was no, just I don't think it was ignorant and it was ignorant and, and just mis misguided. Um, and, and as, as you point out, yeah, he did perhaps do the most because, I think it was around 1945 or so, you know, cartoons would slowly stop having the African-American stereotypes and only two directors would continue with it. it would be Frizz and Tex Avery yeah. um, in cartoons after. Like I just did Witch is Witch. That's going to come out on the channel very soon at the time of this recording. And um, yeah, that, that's, uh, that, 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 I'm assuming that's one of the bugs you probably maybe didn't see on the Cartoon Network or at least uncut. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a wide variety of reasons uh, uh, certain cartoons uh, didn't appear. 
the big thing when I started paying attention closely in the 70s is they, I don't know what they showed in Australia, but did they have like a, a weekly or even a daily, but a weekly Bugs Bunny show? It was here called the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner Hour. Or the- they did. Um, I know that on, on free-to-air television, we had the Porky Pig show, complete with that beautiful Chef's Kiss opening that the different studio did. I know you, you know the one I'm talking about. Yeah, Hal Seeger did the yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, so we so I remember watching that um, yeah. on free to air TV, um, on Cartoon Network, just the general hey in this half an hour block, just the okay. you know Looney Tunes, and then later on it, it's the same thing happened here where the two channels split to, between Cartoon Network and Boomerang, and of course Boomerang had the yeah. Looney Tunes and. So once when I was a kid, I mean, they had cable. Cable existed, but it was mainly if you had bad reception. So they didn't have their own stations for everything, you know, except HBO was probably in existence. I think that started 1972, 50 years ago. But uh, even then, they didn't do much original programming. They just basically played movies uh, and then later started getting uh, TV specials of comedians doing their stand-up act and stuff like that. But I don't want to do the HBO story, but anyway, <laughs> uh, in my personal viewing habits, they had uh, what you're talking about. Yeah, they did show the Porky Pig show is in syndication, uh, and that was on the, the local daily runs, you know, and they would also show just a random assortment of Looney Tunes like you're talking about. And then the weekends on Saturday morning, um, CBS uh, would show, uh, it originally it was the it, it was a version of the Bugs Bunny show, which originally aired in primetime in the early 60s. And they recut it for Saturday morning, and they originally called it just the Bugs Bunny show again. Then they did, somewhere along the line, the network did the Roadrunner show. Then they plopped them together and called it the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner show. Then they made it 90 minutes, and so they made it the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner. Oh, it was the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner hour because they made it 60. And then they made it 90, and they made it show again. You know, and then... <laughs> There's a Daffy Duck show and there's a uh, Bugs Bunny and Tweety show and all that stuff that went on the networks for years and years and years. But um, somewhere along the line, the mid-70s, I mean, the the offensive ones that we've already talked about with stereotypes and stuff have pretty much long left the TV waves by the time I was a kid. Uh, Exceptions being, they didn't seem to care too much about Native American stuff even when I was a kid. So that was still playing. even in the kind. 90s for me. Yep, yeah. even in the 90s. Um, some Asian stereotypes are still on, you know, not so much in Bugs Bunny cartoons, but in things like Mr. Magoo cartoons and uh, Dick Tracy cartoons and things like that. And then, um, but the big push in the mid-70s that they started censoring, and it really annoyed me, was of violence. Yeah. Now, um I didn't mind it if they cut something, if it didn't hurt the story. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't like it that they cut anything. But, you know, for example, the one I remember well that they cut, uh, Long Haired Hair. See, I do know some of the titles. Um, <laughs> with uh, uh, the opera singer who's named Jones. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they, they cut out all the part where... Um, Bugs dresses as the 1940s Bobby Sox. It's like, Mr. Jones, Mr. Jones. Yeah. You know, can I have your <laughs> autograph? And it's a stick of dynamite and blows up. Cutting that sequence out didn't really hurt the cartoon. It just made it shorter. You know, yeah. you still understood the basic idea. Bugs seeking revenge. Bugs ends up at Hollywood Bowl and gets his revenge. 
you know, if you haven't seen it, that's the shorthand version of it. Yeah, of course. See that cartoon. Very good. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but uh, the one, and I, I think we might have talked about it either off or on one of our recordings, and I always forget the name of it, but it's the one where they're building a freeway and uh, uh, Bugs refuses to move his hole. And so, you know, the punchline Hub- is... Homeless hay? What? Homeless hay? Homeless hay? Yeah. And, you know, they have this tough guy... Uh, construction worker but they cut it so awkwardly uh they might as well have not shown the cartoon at all because it yes. made absolutely no sense the way they cut it uh they would cut out every explosion and so you'd see the guy walking with a bunch of pipes under his arm uh, and then the next scene he would be all disheveled and the pipes laying on the ground it's like okay yeah <laughs> oh exactly uh, the, the funniest example of that that we mentioned, my good friend uh, Manny Cruz. Hi, hi, Manny. Uh, he, um, so you know, he's a frequent collaborator on the channel, and he's a you know music expert, to masters of music, and all that. Um, he pointed out to me, I don't know if you're familiar with the Bob Clampett short Africa Squeaks. Yeah. Okay. He said to me the funny thing about that one, and when he got the Porky 101 set, um, that was the first cartoon he went to because he remember watching it when he was younger, and it was just so short, and it was like. This, it was just so unusual. And then when you watch the full thing with all the um, African native stereotypes and the end song with Kay Kaiser and all that, it's like, oh, that's why they <laughs> But so, and, and it's just an example of, as you just said, well, why show it at all? I mean, seriously, you, if you removed all the stereotypes on that cartoon, you just have a couple of little yeah. spot gags and you're done. Just didn't really make any sense. Um, it's a shame, actually. Actually, that cartoon's got one of the best renditions of Congo I've heard, but, you know, that's another thing entirely. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's really good. If you close your eyes and listen to it, it's actually pretty good. Yeah. Another thing that was funny back in the 70s, and I actually had to check with my dad, and he was with me that day, you know, watching this. They did a news report just talking about the basic band Bugs Bunny ones, and we're talking about the more racist ones, uh, Bugs mm. Bunny nips the nips, that type of stuff. Yeah, and they showed a few clips from it, and you know, it sh- showed like the good rumor man, and he gives him the, the ice pop with <laughs> you know explosives inside and things like yeah. that, and it's like you know, I, you know, even though I was watching it in front of next sitting next to my dad, I I asked my dad, I said, they really make these things, <laughs> you know, it's yes. like was that real, you know, because I thought they were joking, I thought you know, even though it was the news, I was a kid, I was an older kid, but still. I, I wasn't quite sure if they were just making it up. And he goes, oh, no, they showed those. Those are in the theater. It's like, you know, you get, and my dad's still around. He's 85 in uh, year, a few months. Uh, but uh, when he was a kid, yeah, you'd go to the movie theater and he saw all these things. And, yeah, he says, you know, the Japanese and the Germans, they were evil guys, you know, and they didn't pull any punches, you know, the movies, uh, the cartoons, everything. You you stood in the movie theater and uh did the Star Spangled Banner? Uh, they'd play it in the movie theater and things like that, and it's like, wow, you know, it's like <laughs> really patriotic. I mean, and he goes, everything was unrationing. I don't know how Australia operated. I assume it's similar to how Britain operated. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Because I yeah, it was more or less. Yeah. You know, even though not much fighting occurred down there, I guess a little bit did, but you know, not to the extent of well. Uh, Europe uh, and, well, uh, and north Darwin. of where you are. What? Yeah, D- Darwin had um, uh, some bombings by the Japanese, and there were a few okay. subs noticed in Sydney. But aside from that, generally speaking, it was 
yeah. Next to nothing, yeah. yeah. Yeah, in comparison to, say, Europe or something, you know, which of had, course. of course, the most ex- extensive damage. Even the United States remained relatively unscathed, apart from, say, Pearl Harbor and a couple other spots. But Yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. It, but Exactly. But when we I watched them... It, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, that's right. Because when I, when I watched those uh, race ones, because I did cover all the World War II cartoons before I you know, take a lot of them down, although some are still... The ones in the public domain, I think um, Norm McCabe's last short, uh, the, one of the most racist ones ever made, is still up if you guys <laughs> want to see it. But, um, you know, it's... It's a, it's a fascinating as a time capsule. I, I, I was watching it. Um, immediately when I watched them all in a row, I did get kind of sick and tired of the war themes. Like, okay, you know. Um, although it's not as bad as watching all the buddies in a row. I mean, that's... I don't think I'd wish on my worst enemies. I mean, that's, that's an endurance test right there to watch all the buddies <laughs> in a row uh, and some of the early Merry Melodies. Actually, you pray for the Merry Melodies because you just wanted a break from the buddies, you know, as bland as those early Merry Melodies <laughs> were. Um, I actually recommend people, if they're going to start watching the Looney Tunes, I mean, the first hundred or at least the yeah, first hundred and or so up until Avery's first short, I would say don't even bother with those unless you're like, you have to see them all. For the casual person who wants to watch the best, yeah, start from Avery and finish, I don't know, late 50s, I suppose. Yeah. It would take. Um, and then you can go back and, you know, torture yourself, I suppose. But, you know, <laughs> uh, I mean, there's some fascinating stuff in the early stuff, you know, like I discovered, you know, director Earl Duval. He made a few actually decent buddies and then apparently he got fired because he got drunk, uh, was into a drunken argument with Leon Schlesinger. You know, I learned all this stuff. That's why I love doing the channel as well. I, it forces me, you know, and I say that like it's a bad thing, but it, it makes me research more. And the more I learn about these things, I'm like, wow, you know, Earl Duval was trying to make a the early buddies like, like Popeye. Like if you watch some of them, you got the buddy, you got Big Brute and you got Cookie, who's like the Ollie boyle character. And you can see that's what he was trying to do with it. But then, yeah, you know, and Honeymoon Hotel was pretty good as well. And yeah, um, Jack King, he's made easily the best buddies, uh, buddies Bearcats. I mean, I, I'll defend that one because yeah. at least it's just crazy. But then, it shows how bland Buddy was as a character because all the good stuff was stuff around Buddy. Um, It was a similar problem that Disney had with Mickey, but at least Mickey is still more appealing. But Buddy is just, well, Buddy. (laughs) (laughs) He's just Buddy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Uh, back in the days when I was proposing that uh, Warner Brothers released them all, I was thinking that precise thing, that if he actually started from 1930 and released them like one set per year, of one year first of all it'd take you 40 years to do it but also the first five sets would be dreadfully dull and average unless you're a animation historian purist and just like oh my god these are pristine you know and uh so my proposal at the time was they could do it where they do two years at once and they would take like 1930 and release it with 1950 yeah. And then keep going, 31, 51. So by the time you got up to 1949, you're at 1969. So the opposite end is not the really great cartoons. But at least exactly. one of the two years would be good, you know. Yeah. That and then you have 20 idea. sets. And then my thought was, well, you got to put them out more than once a year. It take 20 years to do this. So it's like maybe do three or four sets a year. But, you know, I don't know. Ever since I got my set, I don't really care so much. I just figure, eh, you know, if there's a new... Like, I still haven't got the Bugs Bunny uh, Blu-ray set that came out 
uh, last year. I want to get it, and it's actually come down in price. I just oh, haven't it's got worth it. it. I just That's haven't got it yet it. because I was thinking maybe they'll put it out without the Funko Pop. Maybe. Well, they haven't, but the price came down, so I will get it. You know. Well, the good too. thing about the good yeah. thing about that set is you could open it up, and inside is a, is a nice slipcase. Well, I think slipcase, or well, it, it's it's a regular Blu-ray, so you could basically just take out the Funko Pop, sell it, and, yeah. and that's what some people have done. I mean, I've kept mine because you know because I'm an idiot, but you know, um, <laughs> uh, no, no, but that's it. But that set is really top notch. It, it even has this beautiful one hour documentary about the history of Bugs Bunny. Where okay, you and I would watch it, we'd probably not learn anything new. But it's nice to sometimes just watch it, just but it's chill. Well made. It's well made. It's very well made. Okay. I mean, Const- I think Const- I think Constantine Nasser did that one, and you know, if you oh, see yeah. Constantine, I know him. Yeah. If, if you see Constantine Nasser on it, you yeah. know it's a good uh, documentary. He's done yeah. some excellent I, work. I worked with him. Uh, I don't know if you have. I think you talked about this last time we were talking. Is the Depatty Freeling collections? Yes. Yep. Uh, so just- if you see me on any of the little documentaries. Um, that was uh, recorded one hot, hot summer day. Um, <laughs> I'm dressed with a tie and a suit, so, but it's like, I, I think I had shorts on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, uh, the secrets of the whole thing. Unfortunately, his house is air-conditioned, but it was sweltering that day. It was very hot. Oh, and uh, I came in there and uh, basically did, like, seemed like I did, like, two hours worth of material, answering questions giving introductions, doing all sorts of things that Greg Ford could later use for later documentaries. And he used that material for like three or four years after that, you know, yeah. and so, so, but that was the one time I met Constantine. Then I found out he writes articles for this magazine called Little Shop of Horrors and has a big knowledge of uh, movie history and everything else. So he's not just a camera person <laughs> so oh and he's done a few commentaries as well i think he did a few commentaries on the bugs bunny set as well and yeah. Yeah. so he's definitely a knowledgeable fellow and he seems like a nice guy too for you know yeah. for seeing a few of his comments on cartoon research mm-hmm. um but no like i said i mean i'm, I'm looking over there because it's basically over there I'll, I'll even twist the camera to show everyone they can All have right. a look so there it is there i mean it's a little bit messy i'm gonna buy a new shelf to put on top but uh <laughs> You know, that's my PS5, you know, don't, don't, please don't steal it. Um, <laughs> you know, um, I also yeah. own this red and stippy cell. I'm trying to Oops. get the right camera. Uh, it's probably probably not going to work out too well. I'll try my best. Yeah. Is that an original uh, cell? Or was that's it? an original cell. Yep. It's, oh, it's an original good. cell. Um, and, I, and I met Billy West at a signature, so I thought I'd save it on there. I do have a Ralph Bakshi cell um, right next to it. It's a bit on the controversial side. Do I want to show it anyway? You can show anything on my show. <laughs> All right, there it hey. is. There. So, so, and and you know, this one, like, I, I sort of keep it as a. I I don't show it around too often, but see, with that one, which which movie is that one from? Ah, uh, Coonskin. So already oh, okay. saying something okay. that's already yeah. um yeah controversial. Now the reason I picked that cell, um, as you know, someone might look at it and go, oh, you know, it's, it looks racist now, but no, I think it's a very powerful image of um mm-hmm. uh that that's in one one cell about you know race in america that's 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 how i that's why i picked it, it it's um it spoke to me and of course um his son eddie uh, i think i think eddie's his son's name uh, asked me do you want ralph to sign i said oh yeah yeah definitely getting to sign that <laughs> um because i i got also yeah a few um original doodles that ralph did you know i'm a i'm a ralph actually fact i mean you know all of his films warts and all i mean even his like 
last film he did that was was pretty bad, but that wasn't his fault. Um, uh, the, um, the cool, cool world, cool, cool world. It's hard to say that. Cool world. <laughs> yes, yes, and and you know, I, I just think he's a uh, you know very in- interesting filmmaker. In fact, American Pop is probably one of my favorites. Um, animated. Um, movies of all time um yeah yeah okay the whole thing's rotoscope but still it's a great effect with rotoscope i mean if you do have a problem with the rotoscope then why are you watching like uh anything by fleischer is like rotoscoped everything superman coco the clown what else (laughs) probably i'm sure you know (laughs) and i I, and i heard there's some beautiful new 4k scans coming for some of that stuff including superman and that and shame i'm on the u.s uh so I, I guess we can use your podcast as like a fundraiser to, to get me to America or something, so I can <laughs> so I can watch I can it. But no, ship uh, something out to you, but you know, it's like <laughs> I know postage I, is horrible. I, I shipped a book out to somebody. It's just one of my books, and fifty two dollars to ship it. It costs more than the book costs you know, to ship it. You well, know, I like, want to buy <laughs> some more of your books. I really yeah. do. It's just uh, you know, I want to. You know, if I do it through well, it's Amazon, probably easier to go through like an Amazon than through directly through me. But this guy wanted to sign one and stuff like that, and I agreed to do it. But it's like, oh wow, fifty two dollars to ship to Australia. That's oh, well, you know, I, I guess at least with me, I've actually got a um for, for the purpose for the purposes of shipping, I've actually got my own freight forwarding thing mm-hmm. happening. So, mm-hmm. you know, if I get any books for you, I'll get you to probably just ship it there, and they can they can forward it to me. It'll be so much Very easier. Cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I. Doing just uh, doing this uh, channel and looking at all these cartoons in order. Um, you know, Jerry himself basically said to me when he was doing his book, the you know, you can show it here, ah, you know, <laughs> the, that book, da da. He um he said to me they did not do it's it in order. <laughs> Whoop. Uh, it shows better <laughs> under my shirt. There we go. There we go. He he said to me that um him and uh, Will Friedwald did not actually watch him in order. It was pretty much whatever they could get at the time when, um, when they would go, they would go to the um, place or watching him. When they did the first edition, apparently it was just whatever they could scrounge up. And then for the re- for the second edition, they actually had more support from Warner's. Uh, at least that's how it told of me. And then they were able to watch better prints and revise yeah. a few things, etc. Uh, but he said to me, I'm, probably the first person who's actually watching them in order and actually documenting the process in doing so. I'm sure I'm not the first person who has watched them in order. Well, that history was or anything. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I just didn't but- do the notation, which now I kind of regret, but I always figure, well, I can watch them again. That's why I bought the set. I just haven't well, gone back to it. So, uh, no, of course. And, 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 you know, I, um, um, I was I was looking at YouTube, seeing did it was anyone else doing what I was thinking of doing. I did see uh, Trevor Thompson was doing commentaries, but he was doing it in a different way. He was doing um, each one so individually, and that, which is fair enough. That's so he was doing that. And I thought, all right, here's my thing. I'm gonna do something that no one's done. I'm gonna have them all, all reviewed, and you know, have you know a thousand or so videos on YouTube. And plus I do year in reviews as well. So once I finish a year, so now I've actually recorded all 1949, I'm going to be doing the 1949 year in review where I basically list all the cartoons. I give a history of the year. Um, I do my, my favorite shorts, my least favorite shorts and boy, 1949 is going to be tricky to come <laughs> up with the, with the, with the favorites. Least favorites are pr- probably more easier, you know, which is, which is probably going to be in there, but who knows? Um, and then I just do like an animation showcase at the end. And uh, those videos have been proving probably the most popular than my reviews. So mm-hmm. go figure. But um, it's, it's just been a lot of fun. I mean, when you go on YouTube, if you're not having fun, 
You know, some people yeah. want to go on YouTube to make money. This is actually true, right? Yeah. But it's like, well, putting aside the fact you're not going to really make that much unless you've got like hundreds of thousands of subscribers and you've got sponsors <laughs> and all this sort of jazz, you're not going to make much. Just if you're doing it for fun and, and if you do want to get paid, the money will come. That's what. That reminds me, hit that subscribe button right there. <laughs> yes. Yes. Always say it. Or you have to always, always remind my people. I don't yeah. know. It's just kind of funny. One time I've been saying hit the subscribe button and people go, I don't want to pay money. It's like it doesn't cost money to hit the subscribe. So now I uh, become a free subscriber. <laughs> I have to tell people. Yeah, that, subscribe you know? button. Yeah. People are, some people mix it up between because uh, YouTube has subscription of course which is free then you've also got paid membership that you can um, once you reach a certain amount of subscribers they allow you to offer memberships so like hey pay for about five bucks a month for this ten bucks a month for this hundred bucks for um a month for you know i don't know a topless picture of me i don't know you know (laughs) Uh, but of course i have a patreon account and then people confuse that you know i was like not the same thing you know (laughs) no well exactly right exactly but but look it's just been fun as long as one's having fun you know, if I mean, it's, I wish I could make more money, please. Anyway, but uh, you know, well, I, t- I tell people if you if you want to go on YouTube to solely make money, do what everyone else does. Just go on TikTok, steal all the cat videos, make your own mashup of cat videos, and then go nuts. Okay, yeah, you'll I mean, make I your money that I thought about that too. I said, you know, because um, you probably don't really go through my channel or anything like that. So I'll tell you, most of the videos on my channel, of course, are these podcasts, but. The number one video that's on my channel. I don't know if you'll guess what it is, but I'll just tell you. It is Looney Tune related. Um, I took the uh, interview Pat Paulson did, the comedian, with Foghorn Leghorn and with Daffy Duck. Sandwich, you know, spliced them together and just put it up on YouTube just because I figured, you know, that's kind of rare. Not everybody's going to buy that comedy series, even though it came out on DVD. So here it is. And even uh, the aforementioned book, they did, they got it wrong in here, you know, uh, because they didn't know that there was two appearances. They only put one. They, I think they mentioned the Foghorn Leghorn one, and they don't mention the Daffy Duck one. And I've talked to Jerry about it because we never, we we didn't even see it. You know, we just heard about it. So you know, yeah. it's like, yeah, I got. It. So I mean, there could be an updated version of this, but now there's the internet and everything else, and people like us commentating on everything. So. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's what Jerry said about what, what I'm yeah. doing. You know, he's you know yeah. he was very um, encouraging of you know what what I, what I'm doing. You know, he want yeah. he loves to see more people you know do this sort of uh, sort of stuff. So, and, yeah. especially now, I think Trevor's moved on to other things. You know, so I've probably become one of the only few big Looney Tunes yeah. people and yeah. whatever. But yeah. I would love to hear more voices from other people. I mean, yeah. the, I say to people. Uh, you know, because I had, I had someone ask me, oh, I'm thinking of doing Looney Tunes and that, but you're doing this. I said, no, 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 just do it. You yeah. know, you're, well, you're there's plenty of people doing like Beatles commentaries, for example, you know, it's like, yeah. uh, or any Let, sort of musician or whatever, you know, so certainly. Exactly. Just, just yeah. do your own opinion. Like, yeah. You know, um, you've got your own opinion. You might love something that I hated and I might have yeah. loved something and you hated it. Yeah. I, I, know, I know with us two, I, know I love book review and you thought it was... <laughs> that's okay i will put it this way about book review and you know jerry beck knows this and stuff like that i mean it's like i don't like any of those ones packaging and books he goes but that one's so much better we've had a little discussion about and i go yeah well okay it's better but it still doesn't mean it's good it just means it's the best of uh, a, a, a trite redundant uh uh 
one gag uh, set of cartoons, in my opinion. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah like you know, it's like, yeah, it's the best of the lot, but that doesn't mean I, just, I well, have to like it. You know, you know? Oh, exactly, exactly, yeah. and, and that's why I told this person. I said, no, oh, just just do it, like. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let, let's hear your thoughts in fact when you get it done let me know and i'll i'll come i'll come along and i'll check it out myself yeah. like you know we should be that's, helping always, each that's other. always the weirdest thing about people um and it happens on youtube well i mean well youtube but also facebook all the time and i have two monkeys books and a beatles book uh where we give our opinions of songs and you know some people write little critiques saying well, they gave a thumbs down on this song that I really, really love. And it's like, well, you know, it's like, if you don't like her, I wrote this in my Beatles opinion book uh, called Mark Arnold Picks on the Beatles. I said, if you don't like my opinions, write your own book. You know, it's like, I have no problem with that, you know? So. Exactly. Like, you know, I've made it no secret. And I know some people who know me to watching this are going to eye roll now, but I, I don't like Shrek at all, but I know it's beloved. Right. But it's like, <laughs> yeah. Big would be like okay if you love it so much and yeah it was like you know do yeah. your own channel about how much you love Shrek and that and yeah. and and some people are also really petty as well like I know when they did the twentieth anniversary which was last year of Shrek mm-hmm. you know a lot of people were doing tweets oh I love Shrek I love Shrek you know blah yeah. blah blah it's like it's like fine fine whatever I'm not gonna say anything but just the pettiness of uh, some people w- would go oh I hate Shrek it's like yeah I don't know I don't know but you There's know one thing it, also, I've heard recently, and this is in relation to Star Wars, but it can apply to anything, any fandom. Uh, Star Wars, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so he, because everybody has this attitude, you have to like, like and watch everything Star Wars. And it's like, I've come to the conclusion, I really, because of my age and everything, I really just like the three that were made in the 70s and 80s. Sorry. You know, and it's like, I can watch the other ones, but I'm not actively seeking out the mandalorian the obi-wan kenobi the boba fett show the this that the other show and it's like i don't care that much and people are like oh you know like you have to have like everything star wars or none of it at all and somebody else put on facebook and i thought this is perfect is i like my star wars a la carte and i go that's perfect you know and i can say the same thing about looney tunes i mean my um opinion of looney tunes is Pretty much anything after the thousand that's discussed in the book, I really don't care about. Have I seen them? Yes. Uh, sometimes multiple times because, you know, when they used to do those rotten specials in the 70s or it was like Bugs Bunny's Easter special or whatever, and they'd compile little shorts and they'd have uh, yes. brand new wraparound animation. Well, when, you know, there's no home video and you're desperate for Bugs Bunny, you'll watch it. But, you know, it's like it's not very good stuff, but, you know um but even those recent ones that were made you might be a big fan of them those looney tunes that were made for eight they're on hbo max now and they're kind of in the style of bob clampett and you know i've seen scenes from them and i watched a few of them yeah they're good yeah yeah but i don't need to see it's like i like the old ones i just and just and and i keep thinking is it just because i'm a crusty old fart or is it just because i like what i like and i think i kind of like what i like i mean i can watch new stuff i just don't it doesn't resonate the same way and so you know yeah i'm having that problem now you see i'm only 37 and i'm already a crusty old (laughs) man uh but yeah it's, it's similar with comic books i'm finding um a lot of the newer stuff while a lot of it's really well drawn i'm finding that i'm 
for for the most part, there are some there's some good stuff out there. I'm not saying it's all crap or anything, but I'm finding a lot of what I used to read those titles now they just don't appeal to me for whatever reason. Not necessarily because it's bad; it just doesn't feel like yeah um, something. And, and I'm not going to go online and just start you know tr- trashing that sort of stuff because it's no. it's not it's it's just it's not bad. It's just not for me. I mean, look with Star Wars. You know, I, I, I look. I watch pretty much anything Star Wars. I'm, you know, in fact, if you look here, that's the one to nine, four K set, right? Which <laughs> I, I guess that implies that that I liked episodes um, eight and nine. Um, that that seems to, that that still makes me laugh that people get so angry about those, and it's like, okay, they they yes, they stuff those, you know, in certain ways, yes, but just grow up, get a life, you know, just. <laughs> Um, I mean, the, I own episodes one through nine. I also own Rogue One and Solo and a few other yeah. things. But it's like my go-to that I really like um, oh, three. were the, the ones that were made. And I hate calling them episode four, five, and six because they weren't called episode four. It was called Star Wars. Sorry. And New Hope still bugs me after all these years. And I don't like the special editions. I like I, I like the way they look back then. But, but this is what will blow your mind. See, with the special edition, see, here's the funny thing. See, growing up, I watched and taped, you know, beautifully taped off television and that, the original three, um, you know, the, the regular versions. And, you know, and I got the, ta- I got the VHS that they said uh, they were going to just release one last time, which I thought, yeah, right. That was my attitude. I think everyone's attitude is like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. Then, of course, they announced a special edition, which is like, okay, so they have that and the old stuff, which, of course, never happened. Now... But but those special editions do hold a place, nostalgic place in my heart because those were the first times I've ever watched four, five, and six. I'm sorry, I have to say it like that because that's how the special editions yeah, are. Yeah, well, when you saw them first, I get it, uh, you know. And that's my nostalgic thing. But yeah. at the same time, people there are a lot of people that hate them and like, well, okay, fair enough. If you don't like it, you don't yeah. like it. But but that's my nostalgia. Just like now, a lot of people are nostalgic for the prequels because those were the first that they watched. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, I have a friend who's younger than you and. Uh, his favorite one is episode one. And why? Because that was the first one he saw. <laughs> and he yeah. loved it. And it's like, okay, you know. I as, mean, as uh, thought as it was, yeah. I mean, that one desperately needed yeah. Marshall Lucas to fix, but that's another discussion entirely, <laughs> you know, because the editing I mean, was just it, all over. You can apply it yeah. to everything, you know, it's like cartoons and everything. It's like, and I'll take a look at this stuff. I mean, when Disney puts out new cartoons, um, I still kind of have a soft spot for keeping up with all the, uh, Disney and Pixar features. I find those interchangeable. So like when Turning Red came out, saw it immediately because I have a Disney Plus and then I bought the DVD, you know, and uh, I don't necessarily buy the Blu-rays and I don't necessarily buy the 4Ks because I don't know, I don't need all the special features on the more recent. I'm more interested in special features on older cartoons, (laughs) you know. Fair enough. Yeah, so yeah, if, yeah, because nowadays, well, how did you do it? Well, I sat at my computer, and you know, whereas the old days, it's like you know, you talk to people, it's like, yeah, I painted this and I drew it on this, and I did, you know, and this effect took forever with this special camera that you know doesn't exist anymore, and blah blah blah. Yeah, the multiplane and the last that of stuff, stuff fascinates me because of how they ha- they had very limited um, items to work with and came out with lush beautiful cartoons and things like oh, that exactly like in sleeping beauty not to derail it too much but like in sleeping beauty that i saw this special feature about how they did the special effects animation i'm thinking imagine if that's your job seeing there and all you do day in day out is on every single frame adding those up like pixie or you know fairy dust whatever it is on <laughs> every single frame i'm thinking 
is, is, is does that excite that person going to work here? I'm gonna be isn't that eventually what Obi Works did? Is like he just did special special effects work later on. Well, he did, but but no, the the the, the, yeah. the pics, the fairy dust was like frame by frame, yeah, yeah. individually done. And I'm thinking, wow, you. I don't know. I, I, I <laughs> the patience to do that. Yeah. But incredible. for me, it's like it's just that's what I'd like to uh, watch a documentary about because it's like it's fascinating because they make it look so effortless, and it's like it took a lot of like six well, years or so. It, yeah, and, yeah. You know, in fact, and, and even Chuck Jones was involved with Beauty at one point for like a brief moment, and it's just. <laughs> I mean, that's why I actually own, own four editions of uh, Sleeping Beauty because they've all got different special features, you know. So hmm. I, I buy them, but, you know, but, but for a good price, of course, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but the, my, my next step is uh, to look at some of the laser discs because even some of the laser discs had special features that they never redid afterwards. I don't know hmm. why. Difficult, so <laughs> that's how it is. Well, well, hey, if you go by, back to our original subject of Looney Tunes, there's still some Looney Tunes that were on those laser discs that they never mm-hmm. reissued later on. So, you know, even the aforementioned Bugs Bunny Nips the Nips actually was on the laser disc, which is until, until people complained and they had it pulled, and that, that one's now really sought after, as I understand that one particular laser disc. So, yeah, I remember laser seeing in the store. That was actually a format I never um, latched onto, even though I probably should have, but. Uh, <laughs> I, oh, they're, they're massive like the disc was like that big yeah and... um because uh, you know it was like uh for video it's like my dad got a beta machine way back when in the 70s and of course oh, beta. For, beta was great but unfortunately vhs is what took off so i had to reluctantly switch over um then when the disc form came out I thought, wow, this is really neat and everything. But yeah, it's, it was a size. It's like, I just got rid of all my 12-inch records. I actually didn't, but uh, I got rid of a <laughs> lot of them uh, because now compact discs were in. And I, I guess I was kind of presaging the DVD because I was thinking, if they could figure out how to do one of these 12-inch laser discs the size of a, a CD, I'd be buying them left and right. And sure enough, when DVDs did come out, I just... You know, I basically took every VHS tape I had, turned them in this one store that was still buying them for a high price, and traded them in for DVDs. Uh, well, exactly. No, no regrets. And that was like, uh, you know, right when DVDs first came out. You know, so so. I, I, remember, I remember my first DVD player was like huge. It was like it was like this massive box and this yeah. one tiny little sleep for the DVD. Yeah, that was mine too. And, and um, yeah. And, 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 and no progressive scan, no, no. It was just basic, yeah. three three color thing. Uh, my and my very first DVD was well, it wasn't quite this, but I had the Planet of the Apes because that, that, that's oh, okay. So you really dig on the Planet of the Apes. Um, so the first Planet of the Apes movie was the very first uh, movie I watched. Um, um, and then long after I discovered that the that you Americans were getting so, so much better DVD releases, I started learning how to import them, and that that was fun. That was an adventure. Uh, now yeah. it's too easy because I can just go through Amazon. But before it was a real adventure. That was yeah. so much fun. That's how I got the, the first few waves of Disney Treasures. After a while, Amazon, um, I was able to get through them, so it made mm-hmm. it easier. But that's what I did. Hmm. My first DVD was Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, ah, and yes. I bought the DVD before I had a machine, so. I had all these VHS tapes and one DVD, and I said, someday I will watch this. And um, there was this uh, local store 
called Fry's Electronics, which unfortunately didn't make it through the pandemic. They actually closed all their locations in 2020 or 2021, and that's the end of them. But they used to have these incredible deals, and so they were advertising on the radio. I was just driving around, and they said, uh, and we have a DVD player for $199. Now, <laughs> when DVD players back then were like seven, $800 to hear it being right under 200 I went, <laughs> yeah, and I bought the last copy. They had about, they, they acted like they had about 10 of them or something on the commercial, and I got the last one. So everybody heard this ad and <laughs> went, of course. <laughs> Of course, and nowadays in Australia you can get a Blu-ray player for fifty bucks. So oh, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, everything's too. So it's like exactly. Yeah, but that was a big deal then. And mm. and the funny thing is, it was this Chinese knockoff brand uh, called Conca. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think you know. It wasn't like it, it, I think it was kind of supposed to sound like uh, I don't know what other brand you know. <laughs> Just you know, but it sound authentic. Heard... Of, yeah, yeah. I, I get yeah. <laughs> and get, yeah. Uh, it, it worked for a few years, and then it would do this really weird thing after it just was playing for a while. It would like rev up and speed up, and you know, like it was going to overheat. And I said, mm, about time for me to get another DVD player. <laughs> so I think so. I, I, I think so. Out for a good one, you know, and it's like, and it was mm. a lot cheaper. And it did well, a lot well, more things. I mean, that's why I got. I mean, I got a PS5, yeah. so I can play 4K discs. So you know, because I'm, yeah. I'm all about the, you know, high de- high dynamic range and all this newfangled stuff that uh, will probably take ages to get into. But you know, technology evolves. But I, I wouldn't mind collecting some of the old laser discs just for the collectability's sake. Yeah. Um. I know my good friend uh, Keith Scott. He's got heaps of those old laser discs, and I said to him. You should seriously look into just converting some of that stuff to DVD so you can have all those special features. And but anyway, that's another thing entirely. So yeah, yeah. I'm surprised people haven't uploaded some of that stuff to YouTube because I have seen uh, some, some things th- have. Yeah, some things they have. I, I know that um, there's a there's a special edition of Terminator Two where they had like this extreme mode. That's what they called it, inter- interactive mode, and someone actually put up the whole thing on YouTube. And I'm like, oh, I better download that before someone you know, deletes it, you know, because <laughs> otherwise I've got to do it myself and that's going to be annoying. So. Right. So um, you mentioned this on the, on one of your shows or after it or whatever. It's like after you get done with these 1,000 Looney Tunes, you're going to tackle uh, one of the other studios or something. What were you going to pursue uh, after this? Oof. I honestly don't know. Um, oh, I'm I thought think- you said something definite. Okay, I'm, think- I'm thinking MGM. Um, okay. okay. Uh, because uh, you know, I love Tom and Jerry, and of course, Tex Avery, and that. See, the plan is once I finally redo all the old commentaries, I have to take down that because that'll, that'll take a while. So mm-hmm. I figure I'm doing. I figure I'm up to the good stuff now. In the early fifties, now I'm up to the early fifties, right? So I figure while I'm doing that, I can redo the old stuff, and then by the time I do all the old stuff, then I should be at a point in the fifties where it's going to be hit or miss, where it would be either formulaic, bland. <laughs> um, uh, fantastic or just bad, right? So it'll be one of those three. And at that point, I can then do those and then cover a new studio at the same time so I can do the good stuff and the mess stuff kind of thing, <laughs> mix it up. So maybe MGM, I'm thinking. I do, wouldn't mind covering like the the um, 30s Disney stuff because a lot of that stuff, I think just gets so overlooked, um, especially Silly Symphonies and about how... Um, if it wasn't for the Silly Symphony series, uh, series, you wouldn't have Snow White. Of course, you wouldn't have animation as we know today. 
Um, but then there's also Popeye. I would love to, but I'm I don't feel as though I'm too much of a Fleischer expert. I think I got, I feel as though I gotta be more in tune with those. Um, but okay. that'll be good to cover. I don't think I'd do Woody Woodpecker at least for a long time because I try I tried watching that Blu-ray that came out recently and it's uh, I haven't even finished it. That's how much I just oh, really? like. I, yeah. I enjoyed that, but I would say that's about the extent of Walter Walter Lance cartoons I'd want. Maybe about a disc more of it because there's so many not so good Walter Lance cartoons. I hate to say, you know, I know other people are like, oh, I love Woody Woodpecker. It's like, do you really love all Woody Woodpecker or do you just love, you know? That's like, do you yeah. love the early 70s stuff? If you love the early 70s stuff, then yeah, you're a true yeah. Woody Woodpecker fan. I mean, I have all that stuff. You know, there's a time when Columbia uh, Disc Club did the Woody Woodpecker show and uh, the quality of the prints varies, but Jerry Beck was in charge of that. And so I snapped those up and I think those are long out of print too. So I got a lot of that stuff. Um, now you mentioned MGM. Is a lot of that stuff available? Because I mean, it seems like there's a situation other than Tom and Jerry and Tex Avery. The other um, stuff is kind of hard to come by, isn't it? Yeah, me TV have done restorations. There's Barney Bear restorations and that. Okay. So there, there is a, there, are, there are stuff out there. Uh, plus, if you're looking at stuff beforehand, like um, I know Peace on Earth has been restored. Um, yeah. So it's so harmonizing so that that's, that sort of stuff. There's a lot of that uh, out there. Plus, you've got your people like Steve Stanchfield scanning. Yeah. Um, well, that's true. Uh, I mean, stuff, if so... you said like on the Looney Tunes, if people sent you stuff, certainly you can fill in the gaps i'm sure <laughs> yeah no, exactly right exactly so you know um and of course i always give proper credit so if someone says me a scan that's not official of course i always you know give proper credit to them. like right. you know which is which i used steve's uh, scan but i did give proper credits um you know and of course link to his shop and all that sort of stuff you know because i think that's hey i gotta give credit where credit's due you know yeah <laughs> now are there any cartoons that you know about that you haven't seen or that you'd like to see <clears throat> Um, I, I, I honestly the, the Patty Freeling stuff because I recently bought as you know because it was the, the price was so good I couldn't pass them up, and yeah. honestly I, I already had the Pink Panthers, I knew of the Inspector I just hadn't gotten around to getting it but the other stuff I honestly never really saw. The interesting thing though was the Tijuana Toads. Um, I think and one of the other series, but especially Tijuana Tones, my uh, parents because they came from the former Yugoslavia, so Croatia, you know, former Yugoslavia, and they were telling me that that stuff would play constantly there. Hmm. Tijuana Toads, it's, it was hu- it was huge over there. I don't know yeah. why, but it was. So it's like <laughs> hey, it's like, hey, you know, can I borrow this? I said, yeah, but it's Region A, we're Region B, so I got to actually rip these for the disc in order to actually play them. We, I hate region, region <laughs> coding sucks, but anyway. Um, I want to watch all those depraved feelings. Yes, even the latest stuff when they outsource to other studios and yeah. you know cheapen the budgets even further, that kind of stuff. But you know, I want to see see more and more of that sort of uh, stuff. Um, there's a few uh, Flintstone spinoffs I still haven't seen. I'm a huge Flintstones fan, so mm. um, some of the spinoffs I just never seen at all, including the last few that um, Alan, Alan Reed did before he passed. Um, I know they've released some of the primetime specials later on, and I know they released Pebbles and Bam Bam, but they haven't released the other stuff, and I just want to see some of it. Mm. I'm not saying they're going to be any good, <laughs> but uh, I just want to see them, you know? Yeah. Uh, what else? I'm just looking at my collection, seeing what else is kind there. kind of funny. A lot of the stuff you said, you know, I, I, I've seen it all just because I either saw it when it originally aired or uh, I, I did the research because I did my DePatty Freeling book. So it's like, yeah, I, 
I've seen all that stuff, so it's kind of interesting. But yeah, uh, you know, a lot of that stuff is worth seeing. Um, uh, you know, the probably the hardest Flintstones thing uh, currently is maybe the Alice in Wonderland special, but uh, yeah. you know, I have a copy of it. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. Anyway. I, don't, yeah. I can always ask around. <laughs> Just yeah. looking at my collection, I'm just thinking what else is there. That Unless you're I'm... talking about like uh, Fruity Pebbles commercials or something like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the real deep cuts right there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, I mean, of proper half hour shows or whatever, you know. It's like... <laughs> oh, exactly. Um, what else? Yeah, it's just look at look i mean i would love to see you know um some of the some of the um earlier hannah Barbera stuff I've, I've not seen like you mentioned rough and ready i've not seen that um, because that's part of that's probably just wasn't available um yeah. to watch but i really want to see those um i haven't seen all of the um uh quick draw mcgraws because again i think due to music mm-hmm. rights I haven't released it but i have them all now so i'm going to be watching them and i do have the hd versions of yogi bear so i wouldn't mind revisiting those um because hbo max has got the hd versions, so i've got mm-hmm. those um some of the later um huckleberry hounds i've already got the volume one that reason like i don't have the rest of them so you know and i and i actually saw a lot of that stuff as a kid i just don't think i've seen all of them that's the thing right yeah so i want to go back and just now watch them all and like i don't watch- even know if i've seen all of huckleberry hound <laughs> but i used to watch mm. it regularly during the 70s and 80s when it was commonly aired so it's like yeah. maybe i saw it but you know like i said you know you wouldn't know if they censored something or banned something or removed something or whatever because they didn't exactly. talk about it much back then so they just didn't put it on yeah. exactly right um and but and the stuff i do have i hope that someone's they revisit it like top cat it's a great set but the restoration on that is very uh questionable um i mean i think it's the what 60th anniversary this year 2022 i think it came out in 62 didn't it so i'm uh, hoping i think it was 62 or 61 was it 61? I thought it was 62. I could be wrong. No, I mean, Jetsons, Jetsons was 62 because they did one a year. So Flintstones was 60. Top Cat was 61. Uh, I'll just Jetsons double check. I could be wrong. <laughs> uh, let's have a look. Uh, I wasn't even alive then. You know, because uh, I saw this. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, 61 to 62. So we, we were both okay. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> we're both right in, in, in a sense. Okay, so, yeah. so it overlap both years. That's probably I, I, I thought uh, Warner Archives would do a, like a remastered version like they did for Jetsons and Johnny Quest. Uh, you know, they didn't. Yeah, you know, I, they, they should unless it needs a lot more work. But who yeah. knows? Who knows what to do? But any I still need released... to get that Johnny Quest one, but I haven't. Yeah, everybody says get it because it has censored bits on it. So I was like... Plus, it looks beautiful on in in high definition, but yeah. you know that that's uh, yeah. and I haven't actually finished that set either. That, that's how far behind I am with a lot of things. So well. I really need to um, <laughs> just take a month off completely from everything and just watch nothing but cartoons. Now that's right, bliss, right. you know. Like for some people, it's about a round the world um, uh, airplane trip. No, for me, it's one month of no distractions. Watch everything I need to see. That's right, and, and make sure I exercise. <laughs> I'm going to make sure I exercise half an hour each of those days. Otherwise, I'll be seeing my butt the entire time. <laughs> but, you know. Now, is this the only thing you do in life? I mean, if you, you feel if you feel comfortable talking about what you do mm. yeah, I, rest no, of I, your I, life. <laughs> of course. You know, as you as you saw before, I was interrupted by my family. So I've got also yeah. family. Um, I also run an online comic book store. So I, I um, so that's how I make make my living um and of course my wife works she's got her job she's a childcare worker so you know i'm do- i'm finally doing stuff that uh, i'm enjoying 
I, I, I'm, I'm the kind of person that I can actually get bored very easily. I believe it or not, which sounds kind of weird thinking, well, hang on, how can you watch all the buddies? But, you know, that's another thing entirely. Um, but, <laughs> you know, but when it comes to work, I just find, I used to work full-time jobs and that. And uh, what would happen is I would work, you know, I'd be professional. I would still be professional even towards the very end, but I would inadvertently make all these mistakes. I think just deep down, I'm just bored. So yeah. I think it's just the way I am wide or whatever it is. So, you know, so now I do multiple things for income <laughs> and that and that helps. It, it yeah. It's it sounds weird. I, I do that. Yeah. I also, you know, I also do do certain errands here and there. Like I'm an independent contractor. So I do my shop. I do this. I do that. Plus the channel. I do make some money out of it. Not much, yeah. but some money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I th- for someone like me, it's it's perfect rather than, you know, the, the, the good old nine to five, you know, but. Right, right. Uh, but- I'm with you. I still do the nine to five, but I, I work in healthcare, which I actually prefer because they're a little more tolerant of, you know, I'll, I'll agree with you. You know, I've done the same situation where I've made mistakes and it's considered the end of the world at every other company. Yeah. And it's like, uh, I can fix it. Uh, it's not that big a deal. Well, you're fired anyway. You know, it's like, yeah, okay, whatever, you know, but uh, the way they are in my current line of uh, is working in healthcare and they, they get it. They understand. It's like, People are human. They make mistakes, and it, it makes it a lot more enjoyable. And and yeah. it's a job that, yeah, I don't have to take home with me. So as soon as I uh, sign out at the end of the day, I'm at home doing a podcast like this, or or writing on my books, or reading comics, or watching TV, or whatever. I'm not mm. taking the job home. So yeah, I totally get exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> no. Exactly. But you got to do what you got to do. But I, I but I figure if I have to work. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna do my darndest to make sure it's on my terms as much as humanly possible. It ain't perfect, <laughs> yeah. you know. I don't. I don't have, um, you know, uh, paid time off or anything like that. So if I get sick, <laughs> it's all on me, you know. Speaking yeah. of healthy, you know, but yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, thankfully, you know, okay, I'm, I'm not trying. To, I'm not trying to rub it in, you know, because we have universal health care. But at least I got that going for me. So you know, it's, at least it's not too bad. Hey. <laughs> So um, before we go, anything else you'd like to cover? Um, no, I think I think we've covered a lot, um, <laughs> uh, which is good. I, I, I like it. So no, I'm, I'm, you know, I can't wait. To, I'm, I, I hope you'll come back on, whether it's you or, or sure. just you or with Camden. Um, sure. uh, I'm, I'm more. I mean, hey, look, look where I'm now. I'm fifty. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm soon going to uh, see who's going to be joining me on some of these uh, wonderful shorts. So. Um, okay. You know, I was trying to get some new faces as well. Um, you know, and and Camden's got a few ideas for other people as well. So you know, I, I think it's great. I think it's gonna yeah. be a whole lot of fun. And you can come back on the show, of course. And you know, of course, I you know, I could have Camden with us or anybody else. You know, Mark Kausler, I've had him. Uh, if, we, if we want to keep it uh, all Australian for a day, Keith Scott or whatever, I've had him on. The oh, show, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> Good old, good old Keith. I talked to him a lot. He's such a great guy, and yeah. I, and and I will say, I will point one thing about Keith before we go. Uh-huh. Um, the book that he's coming out with, he says, um, unless there's been a delay since I've spoken to him, um, it's supposed that's supposed to be coming out this year. It's about voice actors. That is going to be gold. That's going to set the record straight on so many things. Because on Rover's Rival, I said that Robert C. Bruce voiced the old dog, but he pointed out no, Robert C. Bruce actually wasn't in LA at that time. He was he was in t- 1938, whatever. But in my defense, as I point out in the review, I got that info from 
of all things, Mel Blank, the man of a thousand voices, because <laughs> he, he, he like it was, oh. Robert C. Bruce was credited on that. Hmm. So hopefully this book can set the record straight and. Yeah. Yeah, but no, he's been very helpful. And, yeah, I think um, when I had Keith on the show, which was about six months ago or something, he was still in the midst of it. And I don't even know if he talked about it much because it was still hush-hush, but I've heard more about it since then. So, you know, I know he's so it is coming. Yeah. Um, there's no definitive date, though. So I, I'm yeah. not going to say, right, it's going to come out of this date. When it right. happens, it happens. <laughs> um, yeah, because obviously yeah. the man's got to also, like us, he's got to work. Yeah. You know, he's, he does well, his um, stand-up uh, routines and, and uh, entertainment yeah. routines on cruise ships, <laughs> and so on um and i mean i actually uh just a bit quick aside about keith i actually first encountered him we had a show called um hey hey it's saturday mm-hmm. he's like a not it was a basically a saturday night variety show and i actually saw him but i didn't know who he was i saw oh. this funny guy <laughs> doing voices and that and then years later i realized oh it's that guy <laughs> you know i love that guy i mean um, I love his Robert De Niro, by the way. So you may, mm-hmm. maybe when you bring him on next time to speak and speak like Robert De Niro the entire um, time. And, <laughs> yeah, he did a know. few impersonations. He did a few voices. Uh, I can encourage uh, him to do more. So yes, um, if, you, if you watch my five hundredth, because I actually did the five hundredth review, which is Easter eggs with him. I actually mm-hmm. did it with him, right? And uh, he did the happy that the happy postman character, you know, the um, <laughs> the, the these bunnies based off, and he, he's like, uh, "Only five hundred more to go. Keep smiling." And that was beautiful. I love that. That was <laughs> fantastic. I, I was over yeah. the moon when he did that. I didn't ask him; he just did it. And it's, it's such a yeah. nice man. Yep, it really yep. is. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to have him back. But uh, yeah, he, he he was asking me ironically about you know getting a book done. He says, "How do you do it, Mark? Because I've written a lot of books." Yep. And I said, you know, the only advice I can give, and it's helped him out, strangely enough, is if you're writing a book and it seems tedious and a chore, just set aside a little time every day to work on it. You know, don't work on it like big marathon, 12-hour sessions, you know, just do it an hour or two every day. Eventually, it'll get done, you know. And there's some days where even I don't like working on my books, but, you know, usually I try to, you know, do a little bit every day. So eventually, yeah, I go, hey. It's a month and then, later, and I got this much more done. So. <laughs> and, my, my, and my kids are back. They're probably hungry. So All right. So we're wrapping this up anyway. <laughs> so uh, I guess the last question is, uh, you know, if uh, people want to get a hold of you, reach out to you, what's the best way? Uh, just look up Anthony's Animation Talk on YouTube, and all the details are on there. That's the best way to do it. All right. That's Very my good. son as well, who's actually <laughs> been on one, two commentaries, funnily enough, and so is my daughter. So... <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's been a uh, enjoyable, lighthearted uh, show here. And hello, kids. Yeah, lighthearted <laughs> indeed. <laughs> Two kids. <laughs> okay. I um, like my hat. <laughs> like your hat. And uh, anyway, um, we've had an uh, enjoyable time here with Anthony Cotterac on the Fun Ideas podcast. And we'll see you next time. Say bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye. Thank you for listening. And thank you, Anthony Cotterac, for being my special guest. Remember, you can always watch the video version of this episode on YouTube. Episode number 173 will be coming soon. If you would like to comment and or be a guest on this podcast, please drop me a line at funideas.mark at gmail.com. Become a patron of Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions. If everyone listening just contributed a dollar a month, that would be a tremendous help in continuing the production of my books and this podcast. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel. The opening and closing music for the Fun Ideas podcast is provided courtesy of Andrew the Slow Poisoner Goldfarb and is used with permission. This has been the Fun Ideas podcast. 
This is Mark Arnold speaking. This episode is copyright 2022. Fun Ideas Productions. Thank you, and good night.